everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, the weekly gaming talk show here in Nary Northern, where we discuss the gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. I'm your host, Jake, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Danny. Unfortunately, we're missing uh, our other co-host, Wes, tonight, but Danny is in the house. So, hey, how's it going, Danny? It's going good. It's going good. I can't complain too much. Obviously, it's Monday. Looking forward to another Player to Player. And there's, a, there's some decent stuff that happened this week, so I've been looking forward to discussing it with you. For those of you that don't know about us, again, like I said, we talk about the weekly gaming news. You can go and catch us over on your favorite podcast sources. We're over on Spotify. We're over on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's a podcast directory out there. We're probably on it, so go take a look for us. Again, it's player to player, and you can catch up on all of the other gaming news that we've discussed. And uh, you can hear a little bit about our style. But we're about tonight's episode right now, so let's get to it. What do you say, Danny? All right. So let's dive straight in here. One of the first things that we are going to be talking about, I figure I'm going to get your help with this one. Um, there's a sad passing, or uh, sorry, not passing, there's a sad retiring in the world of Nintendo where the man who created Captain Falcon, Fox McCloud, Majora's Mask, and more has now officially retired from Nintendo. Akaya Amamura, the Nintendo artist and designer who gave us those characters, uh, not to mention, again, he also gave us a name and visual identity of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. He has officially retired from the company. Uh, as reported by Kotaku, he announced on his Facebook page that he was leaving the company after 32 years. And that's pretty much it. It's just sad to see him go, though. Someone that made so many iconic characters at Nintendo now leaving, but obviously going to make the room for someone new to perhaps come along and and do something, but then I obviously want to throw it over to you, being the big Nintendo fan you are. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I check his end because we should be fine. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on, Danny. hold on, Denny. You're not coming through for some reason. I'm, I'm sorry. One second here. Gotcha. Right, there we go. Sorry, dude. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, you, you want to uh, start that? Or start that over. Start that over. I'm sorry, yeah. Dude. Okay. So basically, what I was saying is, you know, this this guy's made a lot of great characters. Uh, it's sad to receive and retire, but with Nintendo, we we know that there's going to be a lot of uh, older staff members that are going to be retiring soon. And, you know, it's a sad thing, but life is life. Like I said, everyone has their time to retire. Everyone wants to enjoy what they got left uh, with family and loved ones, right? So uh, his name will go down in history as, you know, one of the guys who made some iconic characters. And uh, the same with all the other developers there at Nintendo who are getting up there in age. Uh, Miyamoto is next, I think, because he he's really up there in age. The god that's you know that's a godfather of Nintendo. He's made Mario, he's made Kirby, he's he's made so many characters. Uh, but um, this leaves room for fresh new talent, fresh new ideas. Uh, we've already started to see it, like you know Splatoon's a fresh new IP, uh, and uh, there's a few others. There's of course Pikmin that was a fresh IP. So we're we're gonna start seeing some new characters, some new fresh blood coming in here. Um, and you know, that's the way life goes, but, uh, I, I'm excited to see the next, uh, next set of creators come out there. I want to see some new, some new mascots, some new characters. Uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited for, for some new Nintendo content. I'm sure it's going to happen. And if that doesn't happen, at the very least, a drip down effect, something, you know, there'll be a new, new link or new Mario character to play or something where they'll just spin it off. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we haven't seen the last of the obviously iconic characters, and I, I do look forward to seeing something new coming along with the new artist that Nintendo's going to be bringing in, and and uh, that'll, that'll ultimately end up being replacing these legends. So, 
Moving on, though, speaking of Legends, we got Gabe Newell over at Valve who says that they have a lot of games in development and they're waiting to be announced. Uh, he had an interview with New Zealand's One News and Gabe Newell told them that multiple games are in development and that they are waiting to be announced. He has been staying down in New Zealand during the COVID-19 pandemic and, well, he really just likes New Zealand. He's vacationed there after Half-Life uh, Alex. And uh, mm-hmm. that's just a spot that Gabe Newell finds himself in. Honestly, by, by the pictures and everything that I've seen and what I've heard of New Zealand, it sounds like a place that you'd want to spend a lot of time anyways. And as a game creator, definitely, definitely gives you very, very good inspirational uh, avenues as you're looking around nature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, he did make, again, a lot of comments about the fact that there's going to be some games coming out now. Valve... As all of us know, does not make a lot of games. Uh, they're notorious for not putting out uh, third iterations of titles. Left for Dead is a series that just had to go and have their developer Turtle Rock go and pretty much yank themselves out from underneath Valve to make Back for Blood, the non-Left for Dead, Left for Dead game. So, with that coming out, um, what do you think about these these comments, Danny? Are you a big Valve fan? Did you play Half Life, or have you played any Left for Dead other games? So, uh, yeah, I haven't played Half-Life, but I, I have played uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, and, of course, th- that new game is should just be called Left 4 Dead because that's basically what it is. Um, I, I'm interested in seeing what they have in store. And like you said, they're a company that doesn't um, is not known for bringing uh, you know massive amounts of games in a short period of time. Um, uh, but I'm hoping with this lockdown and stuff, and eventually us getting out of this lockdown and hopefully getting life back to normal, that we start seeing that increase in development, start seeing all those games come out because it's been a very dry uh, year, especially with 2020. And uh, this year, you know, we're off to a very slow start um, because of COVID and the restrictions and stuff like that. Ooh, thank you, Insane Ooh. Nutbar. We have a new subscribed. Insane Nutbar nice. with the uh, subscription 23 months now. It's been subscribing, helping us, keeping us... Keeping us going here at Nerdy. We appreciate your support wholeheartedly. Thank you, Insane Nutbar. Hope your night is going well. Thank yeah. you so much again. But yeah, going back to like what I was saying is like, hopefully with Valve, we've talked about the you know the last few weeks and how you know game announcements could uh, can be good and bad, and hopefully this is a good one. So we just got to keep our hopes up. Hopefully, uh, we'll start hearing some of that stuff coming through, and all that, all that cool, all that good stuff happen again yeah. very soon. I hope. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit more about Gabe in a few minutes here. There's another thing that he's in the news for, but uh, we're going to move on to the Mass Effect Two developers uh, have recently came out and uh, said that the scene, the Jack, there's a character in Mass Effect Two named Jack. Uh, the character's same-sex romance was removed, due in part to Fox News. Uh, in an interview with The Gamer, the writer behind Jack, Brian Kindergren, pretty much said that the character essentially is essentially pansexual for most of the development of that, ro- of that romance. Uh, there were obviously, if you've played Mass Effect 2, there were some references of Jack to you know, them liking both guys and girls. There was that back and forth. But... Uh, Apparently, uh, because it was so heavily criticized in the United States for the same sex scenes that they decided to remove it, uh, because mostly Fox News, uh, you know, and among other probably more conservative outlets, um, you know, had something against it. Now, 
I, I can definitely see where some of these outlets were like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're conservative. They've got a mindset that they have to, you know, appease to. But I think they're obviously wrong on this one. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad because I really enjoyed Mass Effect 2. And, and Jack was a really cool character. They were a character that was, you know, they're, they're basically tortured and, you know, very confused and angry. And, you know, it's it, by chatting to them with your character, I, I played a female shepherd. You couldn't really go very much far with them. And, and uh, other than obviously understanding like where they were coming from, some of their angst and anger, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. How, how do you think about those kind of things, Jane? Do you think that companies should be removing their content because media companies say something about it, or do you think that they should just let it out and see how it goes? Well, I think you know, it, when was Mass Effect two released? We're talking about you know years back, right? Where. Uh, now it's stuff like that's a little more normalized than it was back in those days. Yeah. Uh, do I do I agree with them that they should have listened? No. If the character was supposed to be, uh, you know, liking uh, both males and females, then that's the way the character was written. Yeah. Go back. Go back through all the history of like film and poetry and all that. There's always something like that. So. If the character was written to be like that, then no, they shouldn't have listened to, especially Fox News, you know, fake news. Uh, I had <laughs> that in there. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like, if the character is like that, leave it. Uh, there's no reasoning why they should be listening to any news outlets that probably have no idea what a game is or gaming in general. So, yeah, I, I don't think they should have. I think if it's supposed to be like that, leave it like that. Yeah. You know, especially now in 2020, I mean, this game came out years ago, 2000, and mm -hmm. uh, I think 9 is when Mass Effect 2 came out. But, I mean, even in those last 11 years, we, we as a people and, and as, a, uh, as humanity have really came uh -huh. forward and come to understand each other a little bit more and understand our differences more and come to just, just come to more inclusivity and, and a much more, I guess, uh, a much more loving approach with one another. So... Something like that, I would hope to never ever see something like that come up again where there was content removed because somebody else didn't like it. And, you know, for for whatever reasons, you know, I mean, I mean, it depends on the content, sorry. But, you know, in this case, you know, for somebody, oh, you know, I, I just don't like that or I don't, I don't like that, that same sex scene. It's like, well, that's, it's, you know what, it's not just for you, it's for other people too. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my, my, my opinion on it. But, Let's move on. We got uh, a couple more things to go on. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one tonight, folks. Again, Wes isn't here, and uh, it's just uh, just Danny and I. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one tonight. We got a couple more things to go through. But uh, we're going to start off with Activision has merged two of their companies. Uh, they merged Blizzard and they merged Vicarious Visions. Now, many years ago, Activision Blizzard merged, although many of us feared then, and as, as the reality has came to be, that Activision had more of the... Uh, parental control in that and what we knew is blizzard would more or less be changing we saw a lot of changes we've seen a lot of changes over the years and now activision is heavily playing around with uh with blizzard and so the latest report coming in from the game in games industry biz uh the vicarious visions team of roughly 200 people are now going to be over employed at blizzard and they are fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives. Uh, Blizzard games including StarCraft 2, including Overwatch, including uh, Heroes of the Storm, many others. Obviously, uh, there's World of Warcraft, the big behemoth, 
So they're going to be moving over, helping them there. Um, now, not everything seems as bad. Vicarious Studios, or sorry, Vicarious Vision Studios, they were just behind the latest remasters of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Pro Skater. They're also behind the remaster of Crash Bandicoot uh, 3, I believe? The 3 was uh, remastered? At, uh... Um... No, I think the whole trilogy was. The whole trilogy, yeah, it was the whole trilogy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the, the whole insane trilogy, trilogy and then right. you got the, yeah. Right, so, and then you got the newest one. Yeah, so they were behind that. Um, and I mean, both those games were received very well. They did very good for sales. So it was kind of surprising seeing Vicarious Vision swept into Blizzard. But at the same time, it's not because yeah, there's a couple big changes. Um, there really is already, there's a long time collaboration with vicarious visions and blizzard they've been working together for years already and this is more or less like from what i've been understanding the final piece of the puzzle that you know what you guys are pretty much you know brothers and sisters why not call yourselves family kind of deal so vicarious vision studio head jen o'neill has been promoted to blizzard executive vice president of development and they'll also be part of blizzard's leadership team and will report directly to blizzard president j allen brack uh, Simon Ebinger, who was the chief operating officer for Vicarious Visions, will take over the studio head role from O'Neill. So there you see that you know the heads up there are moving around, got all the good stuff going on there, and overall it looks like they're going to be dragged into again be assisting with ongoing Blizzard games that are in development. Danian, do you play a lot of Blizzard games? What do you feel about this kind of move? And 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 if and if you don't play a lot of Blizzard's games, um, how do you feel about companies being merged in this manner? So I am not a Blizzard uh, guy. I was never really into Blizzard. Uh, I, you know, I support their creative process. Uh, and of course, I support their games because, you know, games are games. Uh, but yeah, it, merging stuff, uh, especially companies together, is very, very hard. Um, whether or not it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, hopefully it's a good thing because I know you're a big Blizzard fan. Uh, you enjoy BlizzCon and all that stuff. So uh, hopefully things will will improve, especially game wise, because I know Blizzard has been kind of uh, one of those companies that the games are just not as good as they used to be, or there, there's elements of the games that you were, especially since you were talking about it a while back. There's it's kind of like elements that you're not in, into as much as you used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully hopefully that stuff can uh, can be. Uh, replenished and fixed up uh, with this new merge, but time will tell. It, it could be a good thing, it could not be. It's you know, like you said, Activision is the ones that is holding all the parent rights there, uh, and I'm not a big Activision fan, but you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens in the next coming years. Yeah, I mean, so another article that uh, is kind of a follow up to this about what Vicarious Visions is expected to be working on. Uh, after it was announced that they merged with, uh, with into Blizzard Entertainment, there's a new report that's came out saying that they've been specifically brought in uh, to work on the Diablo franchise, including a planned remake of Diablo 2, something that's been swirling around the communities for some time now. As first reported by Bloomberg, Vicarious Visions, the studio behind such games as, as again, T Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, as well as the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, uh... They've been working with Blizzard since last year, even though, again, the merger was just announced uh, today. Or, or, or today would have been uh, January 22nd. So, 
up until then though the Diablo 2 remake was penned to be developed by Blizzard's Team 1. Blizzard's Team 1 was last responsible for the Warcraft 3 remaster and for those of you that have gone and played that or seen it on Metacritic it's currently sitting at about a 59 on Metacritic and otherwise the game has not been received very well by critics. They say that it's a Warcraft 3 game, it's great, it's a, you know, it's a remaster of Warcraft 3 but it's missing a lot, it doesn't feel that great, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, and according to Bloomberg, uh, internal documents that they reviewed highlighted that the reason for this decision to have Vicarious Visions come in and take over uh, the planned Diablo 2 remaster that was going to go to Blizzard 1 and pretty much Vicarious Visions is now becoming Blizzard 1. The Blizzard 1 team more or less being dismantled and replaced and it really has to do with the poor planning, miscommunication, and a rushed release due to financial pressure from management, among other factors. Um, and then, you know, one example that was specifically given was that uh, uh, right after the game was revealed, it began taking pre-orders, even though the release window was not even known for the developers at that time. So upper management was already trying to get this game out the door and sold before the development was even ready for it. As though this didn't already just happen a couple months ago with Cyberpunk. I mean, we were just been talking about that for the last couple months. Uh, yeah, yep. apparently back in October of 2020, uh, this is when Blizzard went and reorganized the entire division uh, that was known as Team One, and those members were uh, given opportunities to interview for other positions within the company. Uh, those who obviously did not find a position were let go. So there's some pretty. It's pretty big news. They pretty much looked at their team one. I was like, you know what, you guys, uh, that the last game you guys made that was pretty crap. We don't, don't like what you guys did, so you guys are more or less fired. You can interview and see if you get placed around our company somewhere else. And if you don't, well, then good luck. So obviously, it is good news. Uh, a lot of those people went and were able to be picked up by uh, Dreamhaven Inc., which is the company that was newly reformed. Uh, say newly formed by Blizzard co-founder and the former CEO, uh, CEO Mike Morhaime. So they were able to pick off some of the ex-Blizzard employees who were let go at a Team One, as well as uh, another one by the name of Frost Giant Studio, Frost Giant Inc. and other independent studios, where it seems like some of these ex-Blizzard employees have now found themselves. Uh, otherwise, Team One was responsible for both Heroes of the Storm and StarCraft II prior to taking on the Warcraft 3 Reforged. And, you know, on that I say that you can definitely see where there's there's a little bit of, like, not, not the full effort being put in, not the best effort being put in, but um, obviously another reason for taking that, that team down was because both Heroes of the Storm as well as StarCraft 2 have faced serious declines in terms of their uh, development on it. There's not a lot of future content coming out for either of those titles. StarCraft 2 is completely done. Hopefully we see a StarCraft 3 soon. I'm really excited to see a StarCraft 3. I'd love to see a StarCraft 3. But time will tell if we do that. Let's move on. So we've got a couple more things to do here. And uh, one of the big ones here is something that Microsoft tried pulling off last week. And that was they tried to go and jack the price of their... Uh, jack the price of their Xbox Live. So... It, it, it was going to get gross. It, it, right now, you can spend $60 and get 12 months of Xbox Live, or you, 
the way that they would have done it there is you would have paid $60 to get 12 months. They're basically just doubling the price, um, which is which is crazy. And not a very smart move for Microsoft considering where they're standing. Um, Microsoft released a full statement, and this is what it says. We messed up today, and you're right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. Free-to-play games truly will be will truly be free, and you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. We are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. That means that a game like Fortnite, free-to-play game, you will no longer need to have an Xbox Live subscription in order to play that online. Truly making it free-to-play and giving you online capabilities at the same time. You just, by the sounds of it, won't be able to go and play other games. And yeah, yeah. that's... uh. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Phil Spencer even came out and said, Apologies for all the angst and emotion this caused today for our customers. As always, we appreciate the feedback. This is a good learning opportunity for us, and we will learn from it. You have to wonder when some of these people go and actually ask before they do things. Ask other people. It's like, hey, what do, you, what do you think if I did this? Like, would you like it? What do you think? You know, I guarantee you they could have had an answer and avoided all this PR mess if they had just, you know, asked a few people. But what do you think, Danny? Do you think that it's fair for a subscription service to go and double its price on people in a year? No, de definitely when there's no reason for it. Like I, I would understand if something happened to our, to our economy where it had to, you know, either raise or decrease the price of something. But there, there's no, no reasoning for it at all. Uh, and like you said, Microsoft is right now in a very, kind of like hot, like hot and cold situation where, uh, yeah, you know, they, they're. They're doing good on some parts and not doing good on some other stuff. And this would have been a nightmare. This yeah. this right there would probably be, not only was it a slap in the face to everybody, but I would definitely see people just abandoning Xbox if that price would have jumped that high. I don't understand if you're going like $5 of an increase, but when you're going to 60 bucks, that that's a $30 increase uh, uh, for, for like... For for really the the no reasoning at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, they they really need to slow down on the on the thing. Take a, take a breath and figure out what they what they should do because it that this right here reminds me of when the PS3 and uh, and Xbox uh, 360 came out and the thing with the. Uh, with the uh, used games and how Microsoft would have it so you couldn't play, mm -hmm. and then Sony Sony came out and like deliberately smacked in their face, be like bam, and then that's how they got ahead with the PS3. That this would have been a disaster for Microsoft. They need to start waking up. Yeah, no, absolutely they do. Absolutely. We're gonna move on now. We got one more here. We're gonna be diving into, and then I got one little snippet I'll share with you guys at the end. This is our last discussion one though. And speaking of Gabe Newell, again, uh, he's recently in the news because he's been talking about brain-computer interfaces, or BCI. And he has spoken to IGN previously about it, but recently speaking to, again, New Zealand One's News, when he probably had that same interview, um, he went into more detail about what he sees being the potential of the technology. Now, for those out there, obviously, 
brain-computer interfaces, what that means is that your brain will be connected to a device that is then picking up signals, registering those signals, and then acting on those signals. Think Ready Player One. Have you ever seen Ready Player One? Well, when you put on that headset, it's pretty much the same thing. It'd be a BCI in there. It'd be a BCI reading that, transferring the information to your brain is 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 conducting, sending, and, and putting that into the game for you. So it really, really opens up the door for, I mean, you have, you have virtual reality, but this is where I was really wanting to. And I, th I thought for a long time, you know, VR is not there. It's not where I, not where I want it as a gamer, you know, but he, uh, he's particularly interested in a few things of it. One, uh, the idea of using it to obviously immerse people and to personalize the interactive experiences. So obviously again, I'd be changing the character models, just the immersion itself. You want to talk about riding on a horse? Imagine riding on a horse and feeling the vibration of that being sent through you as you're riding. And your brain's like, man, I'm riding a horse right now, but your body's laying on your couch. It'd be it'd be pretty pretty crazy. Um, but it's yeah. Further on, uh, he he distinguishes the this technology as a medium of experience. Uh, it, it's going to be far more immersive. Uh, pretty much. The real world will stop stop being. It'll just feel flat and void, uh, almost comparatively, uh, to what we'll be able to create in our brains. If you ever see in another movie, Surrogate, I think would be another one that's uh, with Bruce Willis, a little bit on the darker side, but kind of where kind of where this goes. And again, that whole uh, brain uh, brain computer uh, oh, what's that BCI uh, uh, brain computer interfaces. Where again, user puts it on and they're just transported, and, and it's almost a drug. Like you're, that, that's the scary part. I will say the hundred percent scary part of this is, is the adverse effects where people don't want to leave. If this is so good, it's going to be so great, and it probably will. That's the scary part. It probably will. Will people want to leave? And what's that going to do for us as a as a humanitarian society? You know, we're going to watch people willingly succumb themselves to this machine. Um, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, I think, you know, myself included, you know, loving movies like Ready Player One, Ghost in the Shell, uh, and the other one, you, uh, Surrogates is what you said, uh, the name of that one movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, being a fan of one of those, uh, of those things and wanting to be in your, you know, in another world, be another character doing stuff you can't normally do in real life. Yeah, you know, that, that that's, it's going to be mind blowing. But we're, like you said, we're going to be completely lost. People are already zombies. I can imagine when that happens and, you know, nobody wants to leave the house and we're going to turn like the characters on Wally and be totally messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's uh, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, that's all I really got to say on that. I'm, uh, I, I'm very interested to see where this goes. I, I really think that it's got a, a huge potential for a lot of things. But obviously, it's it's and how it's done well, how it's how it's kind of managed, and it, it has the potential to be scary if people, you know, again, if you've seen the movie Surrogate, like there were people who, you know, they just didn't want to come out. Now, in, in, in some adver in some other situations, there may be a benefit for people struggling with depressions, people struggling with certain different uh, disorders that you can take them out of the pain and, and take them out of the angst of the world that they're in and go and put them in another world where maybe things are better, you know, and, and maybe they can continue living and being happy and 
you know, at least maybe every day looking forward to, hey, logging in, putting on the headset and escaping this world and going to the other one. Sword Art Online is another one that kind of uh, gets me there. This is one of the uh, animes, right? You put that on, taken, yeah. you know, literally, you know. So, anyways, lastly, folks, I'm going to leave you guys here with some breaking news. Dragon Age 4's main location has been confirmed by a Bioware book. We are going to be heading to Tevinter. It's a place that we have not yet visited. If you've been playing the Dragon Age series, one, two, three, uh, we have not yet gone to Tevinter. It's been talked about. It's been discussed a lot, but we are going to be heading there. And there are some other places named as well. One of the main areas that we're going to be heading to is Antiva City. It's the capital of Antiva. Uh, it's also shown in the book, and it borders uh, it borders Tevinter to the east, and it's also surrounded by water. So going to be some really cool things coming up in the Dragon Age world. That's all I want to leave you guys with. We do appreciate everyone for tuning in here on Player to Player. Danny, as always, it's been a chat. It's been a blast of chat with you, my friend. Yeah, buddy. It was great. It was the two of us, but we did good. We did. We did. So I really appreciated it. And uh, at the end of the day, um, that's, that's pretty much all we have to say right now. That's, that's all we have to say on Player to Player tonight, folks. We, we leave it with a cliffhanger and back again next week. We, yes, right. We will be back again next week on Monday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch us here on twitch.tv slash northerners every Monday. You can also go and catch all of our previous episodes, again, live. Our broadcasts are done over on YouTube, so you can catch the full segment that we do here on Twitch over on YouTube. And you can also catch our podcasts over on your favorite podcast playlist, whether it's over on the Google Podcasts, the Spotify Podcast Playlists, the Apple Podcast Playlist, wherever you can find podcasts, wherever our directory for podcasts is, that is where you'll find us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's been a blast. We appreciate you all. And have a good night until we see you. Take care. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Player to Player. Don't forget, you can also take us on the road with you anytime by listening to us on your favorite podcast sources. Don't forget to click the like and subscribe buttons and click the bells to be notified of everything here at Nerdy Northerners.